Hello everybody, welcome to Fastkit Rewatch episode 18. I am Cantwell Hats and joining me as always is Red Nightmare. Are you who you say you are, Hats? Yes, this time. <laughs> I swear, okay? <laughs> Listen, last week was just... I think it was a bit of mix up. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, sorry. I lost track of time. I didn't forget what happened because I was being impersonated by someone else. Shh. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue on that theme this week, I think. Yeah, a little bit, uh, because this is episode eighteen, and the episode is called "A Bug's Life." Yeah. Which we we were theorizing last week was like maybe it's to do with insects and it's things. It's the that... shrink episode. It wasn't the shrink episode. <laughs> no. I don't know that there is a shrink episode, but maybe we'll find out. It could be. Keep an eye out for it. It wasn't this one. Uh, but we will talk about what this episode was. <laughs> and so we start off with uh, Dargo being locked up in chains again. Yeah, and he, he's not liking that. He's Never very, again, he said. Very unhappy with that. Um, and Zan is actually locking him up in chains in Moya. And the reason for that is uh, that there's a Peacekeeper Marauder heading towards them, which is a bit weird out in the Uncharted Territories, yeah, middle of nowhere. It's, it's not Crasis, we find out. Yeah, which is relevant. Because, it's weirder. <laughs> yeah, it's even, yeah, it's even stranger because yeah, Crasis is, as far as they know, the only Peacekeeper commander out here. Mm-hmm. And so... But because it's from, not from Crace's command carrier, Crichton had the idea to, rather than run away or whatever, he's going to bring them on board or let them come aboard and pretend that they are also a peacekeeper ship. Okay, so does that, is that just me or does that sound like a terrible idea? Oh, no, it's a terrible idea. Okay, like, no, it, it's really straight honest. up a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, everybody goes along with it. So they come on board. There's actually a sequence of the Marauder coming into Moya. There's like a CG shot of it coming in. It's leaking fuel, cesium yeah. fuel, they say. So there's like a big blue trail behind it. Mm -hmm. And then it comes in, and we see a shot from inside where yeah, the, peace, the peacekeepers are all sitting around like a circular hole looking down as it goes across the cargo bay. Then they would sort of drop out from there, like guns ready, and like, Hua! Because they open the hanging doors and like identify yourself. Yeah, and Aaron's there with a big gun and dressed in proper peacekeeper gear with like a jacket and stuff like which has a red, effectively like a red sash down one side. And she's like, "No, you identify yourself." And they're like, "No, you, no, you, no, you." I ask you first. Well, she identifies herself as a peacekeeper. Lieutenant Aronson. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. Lieutenant Aronson. Sorry. Lieutenant. A mistake. Lieutenant. It's an, it's an important thing. <laughs> but uh, the leader of the group of peacekeepers, because there's about four or five of them, and uh, he says he's Captain Larac, and my assignment's none your business. <laughs> yeah. It's secret on a need-to-know basis, and you do not need to know. Um... And he says, my marauder's got a fuel leak, and, you know, we're going to take this thing. And, you know, he's still not really believing them, and is, it is still threatening Aaron. Then Crichton turns up. Yes. In full uniform, peacekeeper uniform. Like a red leather jacket and, like, leather boots. It actually looks pretty good. It's a pretty good costume. Yeah. It looks really... Yeah, he, he carries himself quite imposing. And he's, he's also putting on an accent a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what, what the hell is... What kind of accent is that? He's trying to do, like, the sort of... Somewhere between Australian and English kind of posh accent of, like... Come on, you will do the thing. Where, yes. Rather than being like... I'm from the South! <laughs> metaphors! <laughs> or something. Basically, he's, pre he's pretending he has a stick up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I feel that is a perfect description of what he's playing. Yes. Both, in, both how, in how he walks and how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> he walks the walk and talks the talk. Yeah, but he's pretending to be the captain, and uh, so he's like, tells Aaron to put weapon down, and he sort of has a, a bit of a standoff with Larak. Says, "What are you doing on my ship?" And he's like, "Ah, I'm a priority red one mission, so I'm assuming direct control." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that Crichton is like, no. <laughs> and then, 
all the DRDs that have been oh, this is so good. setting up, they just start, f all, all of them start firing. <laughs> like several DRDs have set up and they just start whizzing. And apparently this is not something DRDs do a lot of the time. Because they're kind of surprised that the DRDs are doing this. <laughs> the other, the other uh, people. I mean, the, what I took from it is like they'd not really been aboard a Leviathan before. And uh -huh. so it's like DRD. I just love that when it panned across to like a bunch of DRDs all with the little uh, laser guns just like shooting at them. Yeah. It's like, yes, I love it. And so it's like, if you want my help, you better ask nicely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so far so good. So Crane and Aaron take Lorak around the ship and show them the prisoners. Well, mm -hmm. which is, they've basically, they've locked up uh, Dargo Zan and Rigel in their quarters, like they were you know, previously. And Lorak wants to know what the Leviathan is doing out there. And Eren says that, or they say that they're experimenting Leviathan mastery without the use of a control collar. Yeah, because Moya is clearly not wearing one. Yeah, and we just happened to recapture these prisoners. We're using neural control on the pilot, and we control the pilot, and pilot controls the ship. Yeah, and I like that, that he's like, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that, uh, yeah. but I I heard every time they tried that the ship uh, and and crew went missing. Well, this one has gone off without a hitch until you arrived. <laughs> Crichton's playing his part pretty well. I oh think. yes, yeah, and he's he is pressing the rock, saying, you know, what are you doing? This is actually relevant if I'm going to take you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. All we need is just it's very simple. It's just one crate. Yes, one crate. We need to deliver it to these uh, to a peacekeeper base nearby, and they're like, "Sorry, oh. nearby? Oh, a, p a peacekeeper base nearby? You say? As in, in twenty arms? As in, here in the uncharted territories? Yeah, he says it's a new Gamak base. Yeah, top secret inside the uncharted territories. And again, he brings up the it's need to know, but since you're going to be taking us there, I guess you need to know. <laughs> that's actually more or less the line he actually says. Yeah, that's exactly the line he uses, which I like. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, okay, there's a top secret uh, peacekeeper base in the middle of the uncharted territories. Sure, that's why not? <laughs> bad news. Yeah, that that's not good. Here they thought they had only had to worry about Kreis. Yeah. Turns out there's more. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, oh boy! Is there more? Sorry, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I know where this is going. I don't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you couldn't see hats there. He was laughing maniacally and rubbing his hands together. <laughs> anyway, the peacekeepers are in the cargo bay unloading the cargo, which is—it's uh, one crate. It's not actually really a crate. It's more like. It's kind of like... Uh, it's, I'd say it's the size of a coffin. Yeah, a I was going to say the same but... thing. It's a bit... Yeah, it's rectangular, and it has actually like some intricate design along the top with what looks like bits of wood in there. Yeah, I, I really like the way they... Uh, it's not just a yeah, box, it's... which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, could, they actually it, put some work into this one. It could very easily have been just a grey box, like, boom, there it is. Mm -hmm. But no. And so they're unloading the cargo, and then Chiana comes in with a tray of food... And drink. And I I thought it was interesting that they didn't put Chiana in a cell. Okay, let's be honest. Do you think they could have put Chiana in a cell? Probably not. I mean, I'm surprised they got Dargo into a cell, but Chiana, no way. Not uh, a chance. I mean, I mean I'm surprised that they, we didn't even see them try, because it, it seems like it introduces a whole bunch of other things you have to explain. But anyway, yeah. so Chiana comes into the cargo bay and says, the captain ordered me to look after you. And one of the uh, male peacekeepers, who's called Thorn, he's like, oh, it must have paid money for you, a non... Uh, like, just a not, a, someone who's not a peacekeeper as a yeah. servant. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically they flirt a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> something Chiana can do well. Yeah, but she's doing it for a reason. Of course she is. It's yeah, exactly. Chiana. Like, Chiana basically will flirt to get something um, that, we've, that we've seen so far. And when they were opening up the... They, actually, what they did was they opened up, the, they opened crate. up the, the crate to have a look at the... to check the inside, uh, yeah. which sort of slides out from the top end. So he uses a hexagonal key to open it, which has like yeah. a, a little uh, bit sort of bumps and uh, lumps on... Holes. Yeah, to 
insert and twist. And so Chiana is you know, flirting with him. And she accidentally, between heavy air quotes, uh, spills some water on him. And sort of bumps into him. And, God, I love... This is, this is a little bit silly and kind of dumb, but she basically gets an impression of the key in a food cube. Yeah, I thought she was actually just taking it. No, I mean... She's than that. She yeah. actually just takes the impression so they won't miss the key. I'm just impressed she did it with a food cube. Yeah. Like, I see what they look like. I would expect that to break in half while you're trying to do that. She had to press it down a little bit. Anyway. Around the crotch area. So... Around. Around there, yeah. So... She hunts up to something. She's, I mean, it's pretty clear what's going on here. She wants in. Yeah, she wants in on this. And so we cut to the mess hall thing, mm-hmm. and the peacekeepers are all sitting around eating. And uh, Larak comes in with Aaron. Yeah, and... Larak's the commander of this, uh, yeah. this <laughs> unit. Yes, and Larak is played by an actor called Paul Layden. And the rest of the peacekeeper crew in this episode are kind of a bit throw away and that we don't see them too much but yeah we see more of Lorac and Paul Layden does actually a very good job as as him I like I like this character yeah especially well, because as he walks into the mess hall none of his subordinates stand up which yeah. Aaron points out like huh, they don't really uh, obey rank here she's like what I'm gonna let them stand up just because I walk into a goddamn room yeah he actually says I respect them too much for that yeah they'll I fo- like that they'll follow my orders without question because they're you know they're still my subordinates, but I respect them enough to not make them just stand up whenever I come into a room. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense, I feel. Yeah. And so they, basically they're talking about their the mission or, you know, who this group of peacekeepers are. And we find out that they're actually special ops. They're special ops peacekeepers. Which apparently are nicknamed Black Ghosts by uh, the other peacekeepers. <laughs> He says to Aaron, that was supposed to be an insult, isn't it? Because I actually think that's, that's a pretty cool name. I was going <laughs> to say, that sounds awesome. That's badass. Yeah. <laughs> and then Aaron's like, no, yeah, no, that's supposed to be an insult. It sounds like the rest of the peacekeeper regiments and groups really don't like special ops. Yeah, they're, they're, they're undisciplined. They, uh, apparently they do things their own way, and they, peacekeepers just don't like that. Yeah, peacekeepers are all about following orders from you know high up and special ops don't do that black, black ghosts apparently have a lot more uh leniency a lot yeah. more free range and then Lorak is like well just think now you're gonna sit down and eat with one yeah and so they sit down and eat together eat. yep <laughs> now we go back to Crichton who is talking with Zan and Dargo out of character you know he's yeah he's, <laughs> oh god no so he's now out of character, and there's also out of out of character for the player job. This is getting confusing. Uh, yeah, but he's being his usual self, talking to Zan and Dargo because they're both getting anxious, and they think, right, well, now's our chance to take the peacekeepers by surprise. Like yeah. this, this is when we have to strike and get rid of all of them. And Crichton is like, no, we should learn what we can from them because ignorance is also dangerous. Yeah, because we have twenty arms. 20 hours until we reach that peacekeeper base so we could easily get the information out of them let's say in the next 10 hours yeah and then use that and in this chuck them yeah because as john points out like there's a apparently a secret base out here that they didn't know about so there's presumably even more stuff that they don't know and they've got the opportunity while they think that while the other peacekeepers think that they're also peacekeepers to try and press them for information yep and i I'll admit, it's a good reason I can, not to do anything. I can see, yeah, he's got a good reasoning there. The only issue I have is that init- from the first, from everything we've seen of them so far, it's like, they're not going to tell you shit. No. <laughs> like, I, I get what you're going for, John, but these peacekeepers are, like, Larak ain't going to tell you anything. <laughs> no, they're just going to be like, nope, don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, you don't need to know. <laughs> Yes. Need to know basis. You don't Shut need to up know. about it. And so Dargo is very upset a bit at being chained up and doesn't want to be chained up again. Yeah, and doesn't even want to be locked up again. No, because, yeah, he feels very strongly about this. It's like he doesn't want to pretend to be a prisoner. But then Zan says we should go let Rigel know what we've been talking about. And they go to find Rigel's quarters, or to find Rigel in his cell. And guess what? 
He's gone. He's escaped. Escape. He took one of his escaped. I mean, this is one of the things I was wondering about when this episode started. Like, doesn't Rigel have escape routes out of his cell? Oh, yes, he does. And he, he used them and he cleared off. Yeah, that sounds like Rigel. Yeah. Okay. But do we put it on the count? Damn it, Rigel. Sure. Why not? <laughs> God damn it, Rigel. Wait, what are we at? I don't know. I, I think that puts us at five? Yes, I believe you. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's... You're the one keeping the list. Am I? <laughs> okay, we need to centralize this. This is five, and then we'll keep a track going forward. I'm going to have to listen to every episode this <laughs> Christmas, don't I? Well. Uh, anyway. This is also when Thorne, who's the other peacekeeper that uh, Chiana was flirting with, come, sort of comes down the corridor. At this point, John is in Dargo's cell, talking to him with no chains or restraints. And so... <laughs> When Thorn like comes around the corner, he's like, "Oh shit!" And Dargo <laughs> just attacks John. Yeah, just starts choking him, and uh, uh, Thorn walks in, uh, hits Dargo with the butt of a rifle, and keeps him on a gunshot while they both—I mean, John and Thorn—leave the cell. Yeah, they sort of walk away, and from the other side uh, in Zan's cell, she reassures Dargo that he that uh, he did well. And Dargo's—I like this line from Dargo says, "Yeah." A little too well. That wasn't all acting when he started no. to throttle John. <laughs> no. Also, I like that it, at no point after this does it ever get question why the hell John was in Dargo's cell without yeah. Dargo chained up. I expected that to be brought up, but I guess not. I, th I think he just intimidated his way through that one. Like, if you have. Because <laughs> when he gets out of the cell, he says to Thorne, if you ever lay hands on me again, I will have you court martialed. Or he says that to Dargo. No, he says it to Thorne. He says, um, yeah, if you touch me again, I'll have you put away on charges. Maybe that's enough for Thorne to not bring it up again. <laughs> so now we go back to Aaron and Lorak, who are still talking to each other. And now she's talking a little bit about her history. And yeah. we find out that she was, you know, about her early life as a peacekeeper and already getting involved with peacekeeper duties at like 14 mm -hmm. and so on. And I think she says became a prowler pilot at 16. And I think Lorek asks, like, why do you take that long? Apparently because she started already started really young with flying things. Yeah, it's like, why did you wait? And she's like, well, I, I had to wait because my feet wouldn't reach the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cute. And yeah. <laughs> I can already see young Aaron being like, I, I want to fly a prowler pilot. Like, I want to be a prowler pilot. You can't reach the pedals. Damn it. <laughs> And unlike what she says about her current uh, assignment, like that's got a, that's like the real deal. Probably, I think. I, 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 think, I would think the so. things she's telling are actually true. Yeah, and then also I don't know why, that I expected anything different from peacekeepers, but they get them started young. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, at least they're not Spartans. That's true. Like, right? You're what five? Sounds good. Here's a sword. <laughs> yeah, we'll be training you from now on. <laughs> Peacetime? Nah, I don't worry about it. <laughs> and so they get to talking a bit more, and Lorak says that the sooner they get the cargo out of here and off to that gamut base, the happier he'll be. Yeah, because apparently he wants rid of it. Yeah, it, it's clearly been a pain, a thorn in his side for a while. He's like, you know what, let's just get no, this no, no, no. assignment over with. No, a thorn in his side oh, yeah, has been his crewmate. Literally. A, a thorn next literal thorn. at his side. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even on purpose. What is happening? <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, so Aaron recognizes that the weapon that he has on him is a stasis gun, which is for capturing and not killing. Mm -hmm. And he says, are you sure it's a good idea to take this, this cargo to uh, science base? He's like, nope, that's exactly where it needs to go. Yeah, that's, I don't care, as long as I'm rid of it. Yeah, just like somebody else, take it off my hands, please. Yeah. Um, it becomes an SEP, somebody else's problem. So, speaking of somebody else's uh, problems, uh, Chiana is molding the key mm. that she got from the uh, food cube impression um, with some help from a DRD. <laughs> which oh, this is, is such a cute scene. Like, the DRD is like got its laser melting, I think, like a steel tube or something. Yeah. A metal tube. And she actually, the thing accidentally burns her a little bit. Yeah. She has like, yeah, watch out what you're doing. Ah. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> Like the the interact yeah that little th thing is really great um yeah I like that <laughs> and 
but also Rigel has gone to check out the cargo, mm. and he's inspecting the uh, the crate, and Chi- that's when Chiana turns up with the key in hand. Yeah, and <laughs> I like how she says, like, uh, okay, okay, we both want what's in here. Let's split it 50-50. Rough, 50-50, I found it first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I got the key. Okay, fifty. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I also like this. There's the bit where uh, she kind of sneaks up on him, and she writes like, "Oh, how dare you sneak up on me like that? I should make you wear a bell round your neck." Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, keep your fantasies to yourself, frog boy. Writes <laughs> 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 like, "Fantasies about you." <laughs> I see you watching. <laughs> I don't really care. Oh yeah, I like that. Like she's. Also says like if you want to be a pervert, you you know you need to step up your game. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> way too obvious. Oh, uh, Rigel, you uh, dirty old man. <laughs> oh God, he really is a dirty old man. He is like a very old and very dirty frog man. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I like that. It's like okay, let's be honest. We're both here to steal what's in here. Steal? I don't steal. I am procure. <laughs> Uh, that's such a yeah, that's such a thief line. <laughs> like, I had to steal now. I, um, I liberate. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I like that. It's like okay, so they, so Janet puts in the key and the uh, top uh, moves out, and there's apparently another uh, a lid you need to take off to find yeah, out what. There, there are basically a few raised dials on that part that slides out and you sort of twist them and lift that off and then yep. we find out what's inside I li- and- however before we do that I like that um, he wants to uh, uh, Rigel's like okay uh, you open it what me open it you want out your half as well yes but um, I'm not very handy he <laughs> <laughs> just waves his puppet arms up like showing his little stubby fingers and I'm like yes yes perfect Oh, it's really good. And so, yeah, they do open it up. And inside, there's actually... It's obscured at first because there's some uh, smoke or whatever is writhing around it. And then as that gradually clears, we see this weird kind of yellowish uh, flesh. And it turns out to be some kind of odd-looking life form that has... Yeah. It has, like, a torso. It's pretty small. It has a torso and an oddly misshapen head... With no it's real just, features on it. No, it, 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 it looks vaguely insectile. Yeah, and there's the chest actually is glowing. It's pulsing with light. It looks very fragile as well. Yeah, so it's some kind of weird life form. Looks, it, it looks really cool, actually. Again, props to Jim Henson Company. Yeah, literally props. Um, <laughs> Damn it! Yes! That was my turn. Okay, fine. <laughs> Retire champion. <laughs> and but then of course at this point this is when Thorn enters and he finds the containers open because they Rigel and Chiana both hear him coming so they're like quick Scarpa and they hide um, what I like is that they don't actually have time to get away properly like I was because ex- it, it can be a fairly common thing of like oh no someone's coming and then it's like a I guess a filmmaking trick of like uh, or like editing where they clearly are almost there but then when they actually get there everything looks normal yeah they've had time to put the lift back on close like it the, off everything in, in like the 10 seconds that he comes up but yeah. no actually they they haven't they've only been able to go hide behind some boxes and they haven't had time to close it up which oh. I, I actually liked it's like yeah no these things take time mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh goes to check it out and investigate he actually goes down to the life form and to look at it and then it Looks like it just grabs onto him. Uh, what I actually saw is that his hand, despite him not touching it, his hand starts shaking. So I, my first reaction was that thing has some sort of telepathic abilities. Yeah, and but it kind of latches on to him and he's like, oh. And this is when the other, another, the other peacekeeper male enters, who I don't think we actually get a name for. He's just like this is the he's barely in these ep- in this episode. Yeah, he's you got see like, him like once or twice. He's got like a flight kind of helmet on with some goggles. But then, the pilot, actually. Yeah, and but the, he comes into the room, and he's like, "Oh no, it's oh, it's up!" And then Thorn just shoots him, locks yeah. the door, kills the life form that was in the crate. Yeah, 
And then he hears Chiana hiding in the yeah, back. Yeah, is buggered off at this point. He's run away, yeah. and But he grabs Chiana and... Okay, so I checked, you know, the synopsis for this episode on Fastgate, well, just to make sure I know where everything is. The line that they've written down is, he kisses her. That's not what happens. No, no. That's not what happens. Like, um, he grabs Chiana, brings her up to his, up to his face, and, like, just extends his tongue and, like, rams it down her throat, basically. Yeah, that's not, that was not a kiss. No. No. That, no, that's not what that was. No. <laughs> it's like, oh. Apparently he gets dizzy and looks at his hand, and we see that Chiana's eyes glow very faintly green for a moment. And like, oh no, it's a body hopper. And then she just knocks him out. Yep. So yeah, or from from this point, it's like, okay, so we've got some kind of body hopping. Yep, it's the body hopper episode. Turns yeah. out it's that one. Yes. And then Lorak, Aaron, and the female peacekeeper called Hassan, they come in and they find the other dead guy who. <laughs> who has no name because yeah. his only, no name. only job is to get killed. And he's on the floor, and then there's the dead life form, and Lorak's like, oh shit, it's escaped. Oh no. Oh dear. And Every, like, everything's gone wrong. And John's like, in the door opening, arriving, like, what escaped? He's like, you better tell me what's going on right now. Um, and Thorn is there. He's He's come too. And he can't remember what happened. He's... Yeah, because for some reason he can't remember what happened. Huh. We'll get to that later. Yeah. And um, and so this is when we find out what's actually going on, what the cargo is. And so Lorac tells them that it, they're on fugitive recovery. Mm-hmm. And the fugitive is an intelligent virus. It's an yeah. In- it's an intelligent virus, basically. And, and it, apparently it can hop uh, from person to person... Through physical contact. And it yeah. doesn't spread. It just goes from one person to the yeah, other. It can only infect one at a time. And they isolated it when the life form in the crate was being used as a host. But if it stays in uh, one person for about an arm. An hour. An hour. Then it lays its spores. Which means it can then basically spawn off a bunch more. Which will infect even more people. Which is an insane speed of reproduction i mean that is like, pretty nuts holy crap so yeah if it gets out and lays its spores then they're in a lot of trouble it might it makes me wonder how many of these things are out there yeah because that must be a lot well they say that if this one gets out then it could just infect thousands of uh life forms in this yeah, but, area but think about it let's it only needs an arn to be in a host it probably, before they even got onto its trail, it would have been in, in a host for weeks, months, years. So there's probably billions of that thing out there by now. There are several things that crop up in sci-fi when it comes to biology that it, that it usually gets wrong. Mm. Uh, which is, one of the main one is evolution, which we saw in uh, DNA Mad Scientists. Mm, a little bit. I mean, that was one character saying a bunch of things that weren't really accurate. Yeah, but very specifically saying that. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, viruses are treated, like, uh, just completely wildly differently to how they actually work. There's even, the, there's even discussion if they are considered life or not. They also don't, I'll up they also don't lay spores. No. Like, you could have just said uh, parasite and it would have been fine. I yeah. would have gone with I would have gone with a parasite, a aka um, a ghoul thing. Yeah, ghoul like a ghoul kind of deal. Yeah, that would have worked perfectly for this. Anyway, because then you also get over the fact that why does it not spread with each contact, and why does it has to hop? Yeah. Ah, well, it's just one of those kind of tropey things of like, no, vi- it's still- viruses do not work that way. Good night. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm done. No, no it's, it's it's barring that this episode works very well. Yeah, it's a very small thing. Yeah, but it's just one of those common things in sci-fi that it usually gets wrong. So, yeah, they're questioning Thorne about what happened, and like we said, he doesn't know. And then uh, notices that Chiana, Lorak notices that Chiana is still hiding in the back, and or that Chiana is hanging around there. And she says, "Well, Rigel opened the crate, and then the peacekeeper came in, and he started firing." And then Thorne, they're like, they say to Thorne, "It's like, does that?" Do you remember that? It's like, no, but that sounds like that sounds like it could it have could happened. It could have happened. It's like, you're just going to go along with that. 
<laughs> and I like how a lot of people point out, like, wait, Rigel pick up, uh, knock out Thorn and pick up a gun? Yeah. Excuse me? And like, oh, the uh, virus can make all your muscle fibers fire at once and, you know, increase your strength. Uh, so, like, okay, sure. Fine, fine. fine. I won't respond to that. <laughs> fine. No, that's an actual thing. Like, uh, most of the time you don't use all of your muscle fiber. You can't access all of the all of it because if you did, you would actually break your bones and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I'm leaving that one. I've got such a good. I'll accept it. So Chiana says, Rigel went into one of the access shafts, so it could be anywhere. And um, so we better go looking for him. Yeah, because if he has an hour, then we're all in trouble. Yep, we got to find him quick. So we as the audience know that it's in Chiana, and this is a distraction. But they're... Very good one, actually. Yeah, it's very. it seems like the virus can do a good job of impersonating other people. Um, and and so they're all going on a wild goose chase, basically. So once they split off, Aaron and Crichton have this have a sort of private chat, and Aaron's like, "Right, well, our chance for surprise is gone, and this plan was a disaster. So yeah. good job." Yeah. Too bad that <laughs> uniform didn't fit me. Yeah, yeah. Also, early in the episode, they do mention that the uniforms that they have. Like, there's like a throwaway line from Dargo is like, yes, it's very fortunate that the peacekeepers left them aboard. Cause, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, apparently they didn't have uh, com a captain's jacket in uh, Aaron's size. <laughs> <laughs> we had the same problem with the, in the flax with the That's size true. of spacesuits. It does so. keep happening. So yeah, they've got no element of surprise anymore and things are going from bad to worse, basically. Yes. So everyone is out looking for Rigel and Dargo has basically been completely fed up with all of this and he's like i fed up with being imprisoned especially once the gunfire is detected in the, um, the cargo bay they're like okay let me out yeah dargo like demands the pilot that they open up and so they do and dargo and zan actually are coming down the corridor from the opposite direction to the group of peacekeepers um and chiana and john and so they then they just open fire they're like right yeah. screw you guys pew, 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 pew. start start a firefight and john's like oh crap and then John's like, okay. right. And still not dropping the act, he's like, we need we need the prisoners. They can help us search. And if, you know, if this thing gets, uh, has a chance to spawn, then we're all in trouble. Yeah. And uh, he sort of walks over there. And I like that when he walks over to Dargo and uh, Zan, he's kind of like, does like a... <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I noticed that as well. Rolling his eyes. A bit like when they when the, everyone else can't see him. Yeah, because as he walks over, then it's like call Darko, Sozazan. <laughs> like, blah blah blah, need help. Blah blah blah, trouble situation you're not aware of. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then walks over to them like, look guys, we need to work together on this because shit hit the fan. Yeah, and so reluctantly, Dargo lowers his weapon, mm. and they all gather together. And Lorak says, right, we're going to search in pairs. No one goes on alone. It's like, there's no way to tell when it is in somebody, but once the virus has left, the host body will show signs of high acidity. Yeah, but by that time it's too late. It's already in someone else, yeah. And the reason they're searching in pairs is because the virus basically can leap, it tries to leap from host to host when nobody's looking to confuse uh, people. And they should have no contact with the high net, don't, you know, touch Rigel or anything like that. Yeah, because it can only uh, swap hosts through physical contact. Which and made me wonder, like, then why the hell did Thorn approach the body there? Because he knew this. He should have just stayed away. Fine. Thorn not very smart. <laughs> no, that's Thorn true. big dub guy. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Fair. That actually that actually explains that. To be honest. Yeah. So they split up, and Crichton and Chiana go off mm -hmm. together, and Zan and Hassan. Hassan Aaron, is the Hassan is the, the female peacekeeper. Yeah. yeah. And we have Aaron and Larak and Dargo and uh, Thorn. Pilot can't find Rigel, so he must still be in one of the access shafts. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we go to see Hassan and Zan. And so Zan is trying to, you know, get some more information about how the virus works. And Hassan says that the host remembers nothing uh, once the virus leaves them. Yeah. Yeah, the host remembers nothing once the virus leaves them. That should have been a telltale sign that it had been in Thorn. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that doesn't get brought up. Because they say, he was like, I can't remember. Okay, that means it's been in you. 
Yeah, but it means which it, would mean Chiana's story wouldn't make sense. Well, no, I mean they said that not. Yeah, yeah because yeah, it was true. It hopped into Rigel, shot the other guy, knocked out Thorn. No, yeah, it went into Thorn. That that should have been a trigger for them, being like, wait a mm. second, it yeah. has to be have been in you at least at some point. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, for some reason they never put that together. No, that's story. She, ha she, she um, the virus could have lied better there, because as long as they'd put Thorn in between there, that would have been fine. Like it hopped into Thorn, uh, no shot the other guy, then hopped into the Hynerian and left. That would have worked perfectly. Yeah, and uh, there's in the scene where Hassan and Zan are kind of searching around. Mm -hmm. uh, Zan is mentions that we, you know, my people had a uh, a run-in with an intelligent virus before. Didn't go well for us, you know. We lost a lot of people. A whole colony apparently got wiped. She, uh, she mentions that her mother was involved in that, actually. I think her mother had family there. Yeah, right. Her mother had family there, so it's like, oh, okay. And just uh, Hassan just doesn't react at all. And Zan's like, oh, well, sorry if I'm boring you. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> this actually supports my theory that there are more of these things out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This might, this might have <clears throat> actually been originally the same organism, just spread out. Or, yeah, or something similar. And so, Crichton and Chiana, they're in an access shaft looking for Rigel. And Chiana is kind of... She's starting to show signs of not acting like herself, kind of like a moving, moving a little oddly. Yeah, um, the problem is Chiana moves a little oddly all true. the time. She kind of, like, will duck from side to side a bit when talking and, you know... Lots of exaggerated reactions and mm -hmm. movements, which is great. Like that's a nice like touch, but yeah, <laughs> it does make things hard to tell when she's acting weird. Yep, she's licking her lips though. Yes, which we right. All, yeah, it's good to point out. And so Aaron and Larak are also searching, and uh, she asks him, "Why didn't you just kill the virus?" Well, my orders were to retrieve it. And yeah, and to study it for use in battle, and because that's all peacekeepers ever of think course. about. Of course, that was like that was the only reason. I, <sighs> I was thinking very much Wayland Yutani, like we need to capture it too, so we can weaponize it. <laughs> despite the fact that it c continues wiping out colonies and people. No, we need to get like this doesn't end well. This never ends well. Ugh. And Aaron points out like that's a heavy price to pay, like to lose much of your crew, like. To just to get this thing, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, part of the part of the job." <laughs> it was a challenge. Like, excuse me, <laughs> you said you respected your crew, mate. I'm not sure I believe you anymore. <laughs> no, he lost four crewmates apparently by yeah. now to this thing. Yeah, and so uh, Aaron and Lorak do actually find Rigel hiding. Uh, they find him hiding in like a little access shaft, and everyone sort of con gathers around there and. Rigel's terrified. Yeah, because he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, and he's like, I can explain, I wasn't doing this, nothing was... Oh. And he's like, I'm not coming out, nobody touch me, stay away from me. I'm staying in the closet, I don't want to come out. I don't want to, no. Lorak does actually hit him with the stasis gun, which yep. is, like, puts a blue field around him and he just collapses. Um, and both Zan and Crichton actually notice that Chiana is looking a bit nervous at this point. I like that indeed. They're all focused on where Rigel is because he's in one of the uh, well, one of the maintenance areas, basically behind a, a hole. And Chiana walks up to John, and we don't see what happens. Apparently, it jumped from Chiana to uh, John because Chiana seems confused afterwards, and John is licking his lips. <laughs> There's a great shot, of, like it custom and he sort of pulls his sort of lips up above his teeth like just sort of making a like mm. it's, it's hard it's hard on a podcast but my the great thing is like that shot of him sort of grimacing a bit and the dvds uh that's one of the chapter images yeah <laughs> of just him right. with that stupid look on his face <laughs> but zan actually sees afterwards sees Gianna looking a bit confused and john yeah and she she's She's not entirely sure, but she thinks there's something off there. Suspicious. But, yeah. well, Rigel's been captured again, so they go back into their cell. Yeah, so Rigel's been captured, and he's uh, going to be put into the put back into the same containment unit they used uh, in the first place. Mm -hmm. But Zan says she must try and formulate something to get the virus out without killing Rigel, because they say that, you know, what's going to happen to him? How are you going to get it out? 
And Larak says, well, he's already said his dying words. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, actually, they don't tell this to the, the quote-unquote prisoners. They only tell it to yeah, Aaron. Aaron like, mentions that, yeah. That he doesn't know it now, but he's already spoken his last words. Because when they leech the virus out of him, yeah, he's not going to survive that one. Yeah. And then, yeah, separately, Zan's like, we've got to try and formulate something to get the virus out without killing Rigel. But then Crichton, sort of virus Crichton, wants to lock them back up, you know. And he's like, no, 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 no. What we need to do is get on that base, figure out what the hell is going on here, get the information we need, and also wor work for some antidote. I'll, I'll admit that we need to find some antidote. I'll go talk to the doctor with the nice lips. Yeah, and then both, both Zan and Doug are like, oh, what? Uh, John? Excuse me? John? John, please. John, please. But, no, they, they, I mean, he's making good arguments because they're like, look, if we try to get, like he says, okay, let's say we, you do take Rigel out and you think you've cured him. And that next thing we know, we have spores everywhere, cats and dogs living together. We're all dying by the heaps. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, love... no, that's a good argument. <laughs> and, yeah, we need to use that time to learn more about the base and then god again thorn turns up while he's um talking to both of them or talking to zan and so Crichton just punches zan back into her cell yeah it's like cold clocks was right into the nose it's like holy crap that wasn't necessary at all it's no. like the virus is just being a dick <laughs> yeah because zan is not very imposing so it wouldn't be weird that he was being lenient with her yeah. going back into her cell and so, yeah, Lorak and Hassan are explaining to Aaron, you know, Rigel will die before we get the virus out of him. Um, and, you know, numer and Lorak mentions that, yeah, numerically speaking, he's actually being beaten by the virus. He's lost more crew members. Um, and he says, you know, Aaron, you're being wasted in your current post. You, you know, I've seen uh, you in action. You should join me, and you know we can. Uh, hey, yeah, uh, hey, I, I, like, you, I you... like having you close, baby. Uh, yeah, give five. <laughs> <laughs> give him for the man. I made it with a woman. <laughs> good. That's good. That's getting better. <laughs> good job. For, for the listeners, I've been practicing on my Sam Radiger voice. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> no, but uh, oh, this... uh, I, I. That was actually heart-wrenching for Eren because it's like, again, the universe holding a carrot. Like, you could come back. You could come back. You totally can't come back. Nope. But you can come back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, maybe we can, you know, discuss this at the Gamak base. And she's like, uh, uh. She, she wants to, but she knows she can't. Yeah, exactly. That's, no way this will work out. And Claudia Black does a great job conveying that in just the kind of expressions and looking mm -hmm. kind of wistful about it while not saying, you know, anything like, I can't, or whatever. So no. I would, you know, she would really, she would like to, Erin would like to, but she knows she can't. No. Uh, meanwhile, oh, God, this, then this next scene, uh, Crichton goes to Hassan, who's looking through uh, Zan's apothecary, where she keeps all her chemicals and stuff for making uh, potions, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, oh, this is a nice collection of things. You know, who uses it? And it's like, oh, nobody uses it now. We, you know, we didn't clear everything out when we took over this Leviathan. Well, we took control of this Leviathan. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Wham! <laughs> it slams her head against the table hard. Yep. Takes a pipe and just goes, bam, bam. You're crunching noises yeah, as you he does that. Yeah, it's panned up so you don't see him actually hit her with it but this the sound is awful just like yeah. crunch crunch he's so, basically he's just crushing her skull with that pipe yeah so she's dead and he grabs the stasis gun and smashes that as well yep mm. so yep well the only doctor taken out the only stun gun taken out fantastic yeah great amazing brilliant <laughs> crap and so back with Zan and Dargo, they've called Chiana over to uh, come see him because Zan is suspicious about, you know, where the virus actually is. And says, how are you feeling? Are you feeling dizzy? And Chiana's like, no, I'm not feeling... Okay, yes, I am feeling dizzy. How, did how you do you know? know that? And this next... This is a bit odd. She's like, okay, Chiana, lick my bed cover. Excuse me? Because apparently the bed cover contains litmus fibers? And that colors on high acidity? Well, yeah, litmus test. Huh. 
That, that's an actual thing, like the litmus test of like litmus fibers will turn different colors depending on uh, the acidity or alkalinity of uh, a substance that you put them in. Why these fibers are in her bed covers, I don't know. It's a Delvian thing. Maybe. It's, it's a weirdly coincidental thing. Anyway, Chana licks it, and so the bed cover turns red, and she's like, I knew it! High acidity! It was in you all along! It's like, but I, I would remember it. No, 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 you don't remember. Yeah, host office memory loss. So it's not in Rigel. It was never in Rigel while they were looking for him. And so from this, I think they're able to figure John out. John concludes that it has yeah. to be in John now because that's what she saw happening. Yep. And so uh, we head up to command again with Aaron and Crichton and Larak. They're all there. And Crichton is increasing the speed. He's, you know, making, making things go faster. And they're like... <laughs> Aaron kind of whispers to him, it's like, what the hell are you doing? He's I'm like, doing my job, I'm pretending I'm doing exactly the thing a captain in my position would do. I propose you do your job and get the goddamn information. Yeah, and um, actually, like, the virus, the virus, you know, playing as John is doing a pretty good job. It's not giving itself away because that is actually a fair point. It's like, yeah, if you are a peacekeeper commander in this situation you'd be like right we don't have time to waste let's get to the base yeah and Larak's like yes good Excel yes go faster <laughs> sounds I good. like this I like this <laughs> and then I, I love this conversation because John then start virus John then starts talking to Larak like you must be a very good tracker to have found a virus like that hmm. like well I, I consider my good tracker yes and Excellent tracker, I would say, and it's it, it, this is really the virus talking to it, <laughs> basically, and being like, "How the hell did you find me?" I also think it might even be goading him a little bit. It's like you're an excellent tra tracker, aren't you? You're yes, very good at tracking your prey, not knowing that I'm that it's standing right next to you. <laughs> yeah, that's actually better. Now that you pointed <laughs> out, that, that's probably also part of it. But then. Thorn continues his run of bursting into places, and he yeah. <laughs> runs into command. Oh, Thorn's here! Ta -da! And says, Hassan's dead, the stasis gun is destroyed. And then Chiana's and Daga all run in, and then Crichton just grabs a gun, and they basically everyone gets into a big shouting match with each yeah, other. Yeah, because everybody's guns come out, and they're like, the virus is never in Rigel, I believe it's in John. Then Virus John's like, well, gigs up, starts punching people, Yep, <laughs> taking people out. And they manage to push him to the ground and hold him there, several people, and then they're like, like... All of them grab hold of him. Crap. And Zan's like looking at her hands like, oh, oh no. no. At, at that point, I actually thought the virus was in Zan. That's what I thought, but then everyone basically goes into a standoff with each other. Yeah, Mexican standoffs. Like, yeah. everybody <laughs> is holding a gun to everybody. So now they're explaining what's happened. And like, yeah, because okay. John's like, he just woke up again. He's like, what, what happened? What's... What? Why? How? Where? And then Zan calls him John, and uh, Lorak's like, hey, wait, wait, what's up with John? Like, who are you? And Dogger's like, not now. That topic is off the table. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> We've got bigger problems, and since the virus can't re-enter uh, anybody, so Crichton's like, okay, it's not me, and it was in Chiana, so it's not her either. Yeah. So, you know, you Chiana, come fine. over here. And uh, Dogger says, Zan said she could make an antibody and so we should go do that and <laughs> they they have the standoff in command and then and they just move it and then they the cut then then we cut to i think it's in the uh the cargo or in the hangar bay where mm -hmm. the apothecary is and zan is mixing stuff up there and they're still all pointing guns at each yes. other I, they cut between that i just like the mental image of them walking down the corridor all pointing <laughs> guns at each other it's like just the exact same angle like yeah nobody move <laughs> anybody steps out of line they die and so she manages to mix up some stuff yeah at this point i'm like how is zan not a suspect uh well they do mention that she's like she's they're all looking at her like Okay, I'll be the first one to try it, jeez. How do they know that what Sam mixed up is actually what she said she mixed up? Not just a, a salt solution or something. Yeah. A solution. Because she does mention, like, well, you saw what components I put in. Yeah, but apparently you're the only one who knows what they do, so you could have easily <laughs> fudged that one. I guess so. Well, basically what she's made is a high alkaline solution. 
and because the it sounds like the this is weird like the virus it's a virus but it's an acidic life you know what don't worry about it <laughs> the way i read it is that the virus uh heightens the host's acidity levels because that's apparently um the environment it needs to ah, okay. live. Okay, yeah, that and makes sense. And Zan's idea is to just dump a lot of alkaline in somebody's uh, system. That can't be good for you. Like, no. I don't think But if it's to... compensated with a high acidity, that shouldn't be a problem per se, and there is a margin of error you can work with. She probably mixes it enough that it's not hostile to the host, but what? is hostile to the... Virus. I think it's, this is actually doable. What she says is that it's like it should work on everybody. So right, let's give it a go and puts it into like an injector, mm -hmm. and... which uh, <laughs> I recognize what that was. Yeah. So she she puts it into an actual pipette, like a modern one with a Just... dial and everything. I like that. And then so she puts it on the back of her hand and she's like, whoop, and I'm okay. Yeah. She puts it on her hand, inserts it. By the way, pivots are actually not used to insert anything in the anybody's bloodstream. Whatever. Don't worry about and, it. Yeah, she uses that, and she, she's like, see, I'm okay. I'm like, no, that doesn't exclude you. That just means we need to test it on everybody else, and if it doesn't do anything on everybody else, then we shoot you. Yeah. Oh, also, um, this is when, because they're in the apothecary, we see Hassan's body again, and John is like, oh, oh. Yeah. And, and Chiana... Uh, says, you know, it wasn't your fault. You didn't do it. Well, you kind of did do it, but it wasn't really you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Virus. But he still feels really bad about it. And so, yeah, then we've had Zan's tested. She's fine. Then she's okay. And then like, right, who's next? And a bit more of a standoff. And then Aaron's like, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, and, and so Aaron and... She's fine. Okay, good. And then test Thorn. And yeah, Thorn's like, okay, fine. And... I like every time you insert this, you can see that there is a physical discomfort yeah. to the person, which makes sense because you're shooting them full of alkaline. Yeah, and so he puts it in Thorn, and he doesn't react, and they're like, It's in Larak, it's in Larak, get him, yeah. get him, no, get it's, him, it's, get him. It's, it's, uh, they start shouting at each other because it's in, it's in Larak, no, it's in Dargo, it's in Larak, no, it's in Dargo. <laughs> they start shouting at each other like, Pull the trigger, pull the trigger, show that it's you. And so, sort of, Crichton walks up to them, like, it's very tense, and he's like, okay, what's the best way to do this? Eeny, meeny, miny. It's actually a really tense scene of that, because it's like, yeah. eeny, mean, and going he between... He goes very them. slow. And so he puts it in Dargo, and, and he puts it, when he tests Dargo, and then Lorak just runs. Yeah, because like, he puts it in Dargo... And we see Dargo's eyes roll for a moment, which also happened to Thorn. And then they're back, and it's like, okay, it's a Loran. And Ron just right, punches just people like, out and starts booking it. Yeah, and uh, they're like, right, lock down the tier. Lock down the tiers. Close all the exits. Which actually works for once. Yeah. But then the virus, as Lorak, grabs Aaron and sort of has a in a sort of headlock. And it's like, and then shoots Thorn, so Thorn's yeah. dead. Thorn shows up, headshots him straight between the eyes. He's like, yeah. ooh. And down. Good shot. And Lorak says, okay, you're going to let me use the Marauder to escape, and I'll yeah. leave you alone. Yeah, John and Dargo arrive uh, yeah. after this scene. And like, Dargo's like, okay, that's not going to happen. Because they're like, look, you want to get as far away from that base as possible. I want to get as close to it as possible. I'll just get in the Marauder, fly that direction, and you can go be on your merry way, and we all leave happily ever after. And they're like, no. Because no. it might take thousands of worlds before they can contain it again. Yeah. If and, they can contain it again. And then, like, the virus, as Lorak is like, oh, uh, is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think that was a problem. And then, uh, oh, God. And then he grabs a knife out of Lorak's boot, I think. Or yeah, like because... His belt. because um, Aaron actually yeah, just, like, uh, knocks the gun, knocks the gun away. Yeah, and he grabs a knife and it's like, and then just he just stabs Aaron. Yeah, it's like oh, I mean, stabs Aaron after pointing out that uh, to him uh, to Aaron that Lorak was actually into her. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, he did like you quite a lot. Stab, stab. <laughs> I like that going from one to the other. Yeah, and um, and so. 
Crichton goes after him, and Dargo is frantically calling for Xan. It's like, I need you down here right now. Yeah. Like, this is bad. They sent Gianna to the hangar bay, uh, and John is there, uh, wants to stay with Eren first, but Dargo points out, look, it's already been in you. You're immune. Go after it. And uh, so Lorak manages to get to the Marauder and get inside. Ah, uh, but not before he fights Gianna. Yeah, there's, oh, right, yeah, because Gianna surprises him from behind. Yeah, so jumps, jumps on, on his on back, him. tries to choke his neck out, but it'll just... Gianna's not that strong anyway, and... Well, the virus increases the host's strength, so he just, like, throws her off and gets into the Marauder, and Gianna, I think, is like, close the outer doors, and pilot, and then Crichton's like, wait, pilot, is the Marauder still leaking cesium fuel? He's like, yes. Yes. Okay, let him go. It's like, sorry, what? Okay. <laughs> and uh, Pil- Pilot, prepare for starburst. Like, what? Mania's pregnant. It's she like, can't. Yeah, we're in no condition for starburst. It's like, it's okay. I just need you to start one up. We don't need to finish the jump. And I need you to move and be nose to tail 180 degrees from where you are. Now. Now. I like how he's commanding in this one. Yeah. Like, he's actually being the captain for once. This is actually a great, like, sequence because, like, the... Marauder takes off and it leaves a big trail of cesium fuel from uh, Moya. And mm-hmm. so, like, basically, what John is doing is positioning Moya so that the tail end, where Starburst initiates from, is right in the middle of that trail. Yeah. They start Starburst, ignites this, the fuel leak, and just. Yeah, it sparks and it just follows it up to the Marauder and, and the Marauder just goes boom. And we see one shot of Lorac just. Looking, his eyes slightly glowing red, terrified, and then it's just boom. And not only does it actually go uh, boom, we come back to John, and he's just like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and so, so yeah, they got him. Uh, got him. I need to point this out. That must have been very high oxygen uh, fuel. It's rocket fuel, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. Just that bird in the vacuum. <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay, fine. And so, okay, everything is fine. Everything's, you know, sorted out. Mm-hmm. All the peacekeepers are dead, but, you know... That's... Which is also convenient, so we don't have to bring these actors back next week. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> Zan is now tending to Rigel, who they've got out of the uh, the stasis pod thing. Whatever. Which actually apparently is hot. This one is meant to keep something hot. Warm, yeah, and... Uh, He's like, there aren't enough cold towels in the world to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> He's being, you know, being a terrible patient. Um, and, oh, and Dargo, though, Dargo is not happy. He's no. like, I am, he, he's actually holding his chains that we used to, that they were hanging him up with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, right, I, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. And I'm going to destroy these chains. I will not be locked up again. And Zan's like, I admire your faith. Let's hope that that is how it goes. And she's like, I pray, you know, she says, I pray that that's how it will go. Or, you know, I pray that it never Mm -hmm. happens again. And he's like, pray all you want. I stated a fact. It's not happening again. No. He's taking this very, very seriously. Like, he's not going to get locked up again. He does not ever want to be in chains once more. Even even if it's for, like, a distraction or a ruse or something. Mm. I I do like that Dargo's actually mad at, at Rigel for opening that thing up and getting everybody in trouble like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and, you kind of started this. And I, and I like that Zan's like, oh, let's, let's hope he's learned his lesson. No, he hasn't. Like, a few weeks ago, he tried to blow everybody up. <laughs> yeah, Rigel doesn't learn lessons. No. Uh. Chuck him out of the airlock. <laughs> and... and while you're at it, throw Chiana after him. <laughs> They're both kind of... A- Bit of trouble, yeah. 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 And, but then we go to see, uh, we go to see Crichton, who is sort of sitting on the table uh, off from where Aaron is, who is on, who is lying down, you know, wrapped up in a, she's, you know, covered up in a sheet, and she's just coming to, and um, he's saying, you know, the virus and Lorak are dead, and you're you're lucky that... um, He missed your heart. He missed your heart, and then she says... It's closer than you think. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, nope, nope. The fa- feels. The, fa- nope. <laughs> the fact that he gave, again, she got something that she can't. Well, she got something offered she can never have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. 
I thought, like, also there was something I read into everything else that would be going on between her and Loraka's. Not only can she not go back, you know, she wants to go back to, you know, that offer of going back to being peacekeeper and doing all that stuff. It's like, she can't take that. Also, she's being basically hit on by Lorak, but she's also kind of, you know, in a relationship into, with Crichton. Yeah, it's it, that's becoming a thing she wants to explore, clearly. Yeah, and so... Which is, again, here, clear, because he's like... Um, what did he say? He says, like, she says, thank you to him. And he's like, don't mention it. And he's like, why would I? Why would I ever mention it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, yeah, they're a little digging together, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe develop some feelings for each other, maybe. <laughs> Actually, a minor detail in this scene. Did you notice what John was holding during this? Uh, what was he holding? He was holding a pipe. I think that's the same pipe that was used to kill the uh, female peacekeeper. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's, it's a minor detail because he's still holding that in his hand, but it's clear he's still not over that part. Yeah, he was very unhappy with um, doing that. Basically in cold blood, yeah. 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 Which was a minor detail, but I like that he could have he just been sitting there watching over her, but he's also holding that thing, which speaks to what he's going through as well. Yeah. I really and like that. Yeah, and Aaron is also asking, you know, uh, about the Gamak base, and he's like, we're getting away from it as fast as we can, but we still don't know why it's there. Yeah, or h how many more there yeah. might be. And so, oh yeah, and the last bit in this scene is when they say, you know, thanks for standing there and don't mention it, and why would I ever mention it, and end credits. Yes. So there we go, that was episode 80, that was A Bug's Life. What do we mm -hmm. think? Oh, good ep I think it's a good episode. Yeah, definitely. I... Uh, I it didn't develop any of the character arcs heavily? Uh, not heavily. There was a bit of... I, I like Dargo's development of like, right, okay, I'm putting my foot down and never being chained up again, even if it's for a, a trick or Yeah, whatever. but that's mostly solidifying what was already there, okay, just, yeah, that's just as it was solidifying uh, the relationship between Eren and, and John. which, don't get me wrong, it, I don't mind. No, Sometimes that's good. you just want a yeah. quote-unquote filler episode. Like, it doesn't advance anything, but it's oh, a doesn't it, though? good episode. Actually, fair point. We know, we know the that there's a good are, base. Yeah, the Beastkeepers are in the uh, Uncharted territory, so that does actually add something oh, more. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. like, that's a big setup. Like, so we know that they're there for some unknown reason, and that's set up as... It's quite... Up. So, in the, previous, a... in the previous episode, in, in uh, well, in a human reaction, we had something that we're like... I don't know, is this ever going to get brought up again? Who knows? Maybe not. Uh, from Just from the episode. In this episode, it's like, right, there's a peacekeeper base in the middle of nowhere. That's going to come up again. Like, that's got to yeah. come up again. Has to. Spoilers, it does come up again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, because I have no idea what this means. Oh, I'll be honest. Like, we're, like I said, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I know what's coming next week. And next week's going to be good. Um... Yeah, because I... Is that when we meet who I think we meet? We'll find out. We'll that... find out. We'll okay. find out next time. Um, but this episode, so back to this episode, it's like, again, it it didn't feel like there was a lot... There wasn't... It felt very lean. There wasn't a lot of filler or anything. Nope. And once the action starts in the second half, it really starts, you know, ramping mm -hmm. up. And you've got the whole standoff and all that stuff. And it's actually done pretty well. And... I like it. There's a few minor parts in the writing where I'm like, why didn't... I mean, like, the fact that the virus um, stayed with John yeah. for the whole time, then decides to swap the moment they're not alone anymore. Yeah, it's weird. And also, it could have, at that point, like John says at that point, the yarn is almost over. If I'm in the virus, it would have just taken a left turn, hid for the last five minutes, and been like, ha-ha, got you. It's, it's my, there's minor things in the story that I'm like, you're... The, you need to you need to have dumb behavior by your characters to keep the plot advancing, which is kind yeah. of iffy for your storytelling. Yeah, and the fact they never put together that because um, you know Thorn can't remember anything, it was in him. So that yeah, makes, yeah. Those there, there's a couple of inconsistencies in like not you know uh, not being on the ball really, not being. No, like, that's th those are minor things, but they they do count. I feel. Yeah, then you know you can't just ignore all of that stuff. But but overall, it was a very solid episode, and and I do like Definitely. that. Like, 
this is, again, the kind of episode where that kind of plot could be very self-contained, and for the most part it is, except for the fact that it sets up the Gamak base in the Uncharted Territories, which that's we'll see. What we will we'll see. see more of later on, yeah. which makes that uh, pretty relevant stuff. So if you want to give it a four, I would give it a four out of five, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm, I want to do as well. Minor things, but on the whole, it's a good episode. Nothing stellar, nothing bad. Very solid. That's what it needs to do. Very solid, yeah. Yeah. So there we go, and... Uh, yeah, all right, so another good one. And like we said, we're nearing, we're almost, the. we've got four more episodes to go before the end mm-hmm. of this se- series. So we're almost done with season one, and so far there's only been one bad episode, I would say, only one real. Yeah, Jer- Jeremiah Crichton. Jeremiah Crichton, and <clears throat> everything else has been from good to really good. So that's a strong first season so far. I'm, like I've said before, I'm surprised how good it's been. But yeah, that's uh, that was this episode. Next week, episode nineteen is called Nerve, and people who know what's coming up next, oh, this is going to be good. Let me are just do- let me see. Are what, we doing the synopsis? Let me just see. Let me see. Okay, uh, there's, there's the first line of the synopsis doesn't give anything away. An injury Erin sustained in a bug's life, so the in- so her ah. getting stabbed threatens to kill her, like she's in a bad sh- in bad shape. So Crichton and Chiana travel to the nearby Peacekeeper base to get a tissue transplant. And that's all I'll tell you. Okay. So okay. we go to see the base, like, pretty much straight away. Huh, nice. That's not, that, okay, this sounds interesting. I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be same time, same place next week uh, for Fast Get Rewatch. And that's it from us this week. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. And like I said, we'll be back. And in the meantime, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Carmel Hats, Red's Vidalkin in Tree. There's yep. the Carmel Hats YouTube for archives and uh, old Twitch streams and other projects. YouTube.com slash Carmel Hats. Also Twitch for my live streams. And all of that content is supported by the Carmel Hats Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Carmel Hats. And so all of this is brought to you by you, by your generous support. So Yes, thank you very much for letting us do this. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. And like, we're kind of wrapping up the first season. Uh, season and this has been a lot of fun and I'm glad that people have been enjoying it and we hope to make many many more and get through the whole lot of it yeah we're doing the whole series we're in for, we're in it for long haul people oh and is it ever the long haul we've oh, got yes. we've probably got, we've got about like a, a another, year a year of this yeah yeah roughly we are uh, just probably a bit over because there's 88 episodes total and I think that's not counting peacekeeper wars and there are 22 in the first And we've season. still got more than a year to go. So that's just at least 66. Over. Yeah, so uh, stick, we hope you'll stick with us for the, for the rest of this. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll see you next week. And, uh, but that's it from us this week. Goodbye for now. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>